every heart sing, Lord, I want to live for thee. Lord, I want to live for thee.
to the book of Acts chapter 17 Acts chapter 17 as we continue to trace the life and ministry of the apostle Paul today we go to Acts chapter 17 we began our reading at verse 22 These are the words that you find. Then Paul stood in the midst of Mars Hill, said, Ye men of Athens, I perceive that in all things you are too superstitious. For as I pass by and beheld your devotions, I found an altar with the inscription to the unknown God, whom therefore ye ignorantly worship him, I declare unto you. Amen. I want for a few minutes, I want to talk from this subject, 
introducing the unknown God. <clears throat> introducing the unknown <clears throat> God. Brothers and sisters, I, I'm, 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 I've passed 70 now. And a lot of things have changed. One thing that I've really noted that has changed over the years is introductions. When I was in school, they used to teach us how to properly introduce people. Everybody looking at me funny. Does anybody remember that? Yeah, 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 yeah. In school, that they would teach you how to do a proper introduction. And the, 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 the truth of the matter, the way they taught it is, the, 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 an introduction is a person who is known introducing a person who is unknown to somebody who does not know them. Are y'all hearing me? In reality, you can't introduce somebody that you don't know. <laughs> I, I get thrown off a little bit these days when I go somewhere to preach or go somewhere to teach and they will ask me, did you bring anybody with you to introduce you? And in my mind, I'm thinking, well, I got some folk with me, but you don't know them. <laughs> Are y'all hearing me? It takes somebody that knows both sides to introduce, to properly introduce an, indi an individual. Paul here is introducing Jesus to the people of Athens. As we continue to follow the Apostle Paul on his mission to tell the whole world about Jesus, now he is in yet another city. We'll watch him. Follow me now. You remember the, the series. We have watched him already suffer many things because of the gospel of Jesus Christ. He's been lied on. He's been chased out of one town after another. He's been beaten. He's been thrown in jail. He's been run from one place to another. But he is still determined to spread this message of a crucified Savior who conquered sin, death, and the grave. Nothing could turn him around. He was determined that I'm going to tell the world <clears throat> about Jesus. Amen. We watched him go to jail in Philippi. We've seen him slip out of Thessalonica where he was accused of turning the world upside down. Uh -huh. He leaves there and he goes to Berea. And, and, and this is where this is new stuff. He, when he left Thessalonica, he went to a place called Berea. And there he finally found some folk who were receptive. The Bible says that, 1711 says that these Bereans, they, they readily received the word of God. And rather than speculating and rebelling, what these folk did, they just picked up the book. Are y'all hearing me? And started searching the book, searching the Bible to see if what he was teaching was really the truth. 
Are y'all hearing me? I like these folk. I, I like these folk. Man. Yeah, all of us ought to practice that. When we get into all these debates that we don't know nothing about, the thing for us to do is say, what does the word say? Are y'all hearing me? The bottom line is, what does the word say about it? But then <clears throat> he's doing well in Berea. But that crowd from Thessalonica, they heard that he was over there in Berea. You remember the other ones who said he was turning that city upside down. So now they go messing over in another town. They heard that he was over there. So they showed up there to start trouble with Paul again. So according to the word of God, they slipped Paul out of town again. And this time when he slips out, he doesn't take Silas with him. He leaves Timothy and Silas there. And he goes on by himself to Athens. Are y'all hearing me? So now he is in the big city. Now he is in Athens, Greece. And that brings us to the text for today. The Bible says... That when he got to Athens, immediately he was stirred. He was provoked in his spirit. And the reason why he was provoked in his spirit is because he just looking around, he realized that this whole town is taken in idol worship. Are y'all hearing this? You see, God, you understand where Athens was. Now he's moved on up to the big time. Now he is in Athens. Athens. Athens was the cultural center of Greece. In its heyday, it was home to the most renowned philosophers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you read in your history books about all of these philosophers here in, in, in Athens. Yeah, you find Socrates and you found Plato and you found Aristotle. Are y'all hearing me? It was the home of Epicurus, the, the founder of Epicurism. And yeah, Zeno, who was the founder of Stoicism. The Greek, this, this place, Athens, Greece, they had it going on. Some of the smartest folk in the world, they thought, were right there in Athens. Great philosophers right there in Athens. But Paul, in the midst of all of these different philosophies, he viewed all of this and he heard all that they were used to hearing about all of these other idols and all of these other things. But Paul comes in with this different philosophy. <laughs> He comes in the midst of all of these philosophies and he came preaching to them for the first time the message of Jesus Christ. Are y'all hearing me? Everybody talking about all of these other gods, but he comes in bringing in something brand new. Talking to them about the message of Jesus Christ, the son of the living God. And when he began to talk about that, they, yeah, they, they immediately started to brand him. And anytime you, you, you got the nerve to bring Jesus up, folks start branding you. They, 
They don't want to talk with you. Are y'all hearing me? They began to brand him. Some folk call him a babbler. It's right there in the text, right there. Right there in the yeah, yeah. They called him a, a babbler, saying that what he was saying didn't make no sense. Some said that he was bringing in some kind of new foreign God, which was really all right with them because they had so many different gods. So, so they really didn't mind that. They had, it's just another God that we can add to our collection of the gods that we already have. Are y'all hearing me? So a decision was made. Why don't we invite him to the marketplace? Areopagus, they called it. It, it was the place where everybody gathered, where all of the smart folk gathered, where all of the philosophers gathered, and where folk, great minds and philosophers, crowd came together to hear the latest news about their little gods. That was a gathering place where everybody came to hear what's, what, what is our God's doing today. So they said, we're going to invite, let's invite him to come to that meeting. Let's see if he can stand that crowd. They, they really just wanted to see what Paul, whether or not Paul, what he had to say was worth listening to. We're going to bring you and put you in the marketplace. And, and that. so now he stands there in the marketplace. All of the great minds are there. All of the great philosophers are there. And Paul stands there in that place and, yeah, and he begins to preach. <laughs> Strangely enough, the message that he preached that day, over 2,000 years ago, strangely enough, the message that he preached that day is really the same message that I'm trying to preach up here today. <laughs> Y'all ain't hearing me. The message that he was preaching then, aren't you glad that we have a God that doesn't change? <laughs> the message that he was preaching then is the same message and the only message that we've got to preach right now. One thing I love about the gospel message is it is unchanging. And it's just as true right now as it was back then. In spite of their complete ignorance, in spite of the fact that they had no clue what he was talking about, in spite of their, their complete ignorance of the true and living God, he starts out, follow me in the text here, y'all keep your Bibles open. He starts out by acknowledging that they are religious. <laughs> That, that word suspicious, isn't it sort of strange? That's that word suspicious, that means religious. <laughs> so he starts out his sermon by acknowledging to all these folk standing around. He said, I've noticed that all of y'all are religious. <laughs> oh, y'all hear me? That's why, brothers and sisters, I, I really don't put a whole lot of stock in folk just because they religious. <laughs> Y'all ain't hearing me. See, I need to know what you religious about. <laughs> oh, y'all hear me? I, I need to know what it is you, are y'all hearing me? 
all that religious means is that you have a strong and a constant belief in something. That's religion. Religion just means I believe something and I believe it with all my heart. I need to know before I get with you. I need to know what it is you believe in. There are all kinds of religions. Folk who worship cows and the moon, the sun, voodoo, nature. There are all kinds of religions. But if you just tune back a generation or two, see, we, we are smarter than we even realize. See, if you go back just a few generations, your grandma and your grandpa, they knew how to ask the right question. They would raise the question, have you got good religion? <laughs> Y'all ain't hearing me. Oh, they knew what they were talking about. Have you got good religion? Do you love everybody? Is your name on the road? Don't tell me you're religious. You tell me what you're religious about. Paul says, I know that you're religious because as I passed through your town, I noticed an altar. And I saw some idols that were there representative of every God you can imagine. Got an altar, and I saw all of these different gods on the altar. But in the midst of those idols, in the midst of those idol gods, I saw one that had an inscription on it. <laughs> and the inscription on that one said, to the unknown God. <laughs> and Paul said, that's the one that I want to talk to you about. <laughs> Y'all didn't hear me there. That that's the one that I came to tell you about. And I can tell you about him because I know him personally. That unknown God that you got sitting down there, Paul. As he looked there in the midst of these idol gods, he saw an opportunity, an admission that there was something they did not know. That that was a God that was unnamed. He saw an opportunity. He saw the ultimate agony of idol worship. Paul realized that those who are in the idol worship, somehow they always have to deal with the fact that something is still missing. Are y'all hearing me? You see, idol worshipers fast come to realize that the house that they worship can't give them no peace. Y'all ain't hearing me. They come to realize that the car that they drive can't drive, or drive away their fears. They, they come to realize that the degrees, yeah, 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 that, that I have, the, 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 yeah, I have the degrees, but they realize the degrees that they worship can't give them a sound mind. Yeah, yeah, they, they, they've come to realize that their bank account cannot heal their body. 
Yeah, yeah, the relationship they worship, yeah, can't dry up their tears. They've come to realize that something is still missing. Oh, they will never tell you. They'll never tell you, but they know within their hearts that something is missing. Yeah, yeah, something. they, They just don't know what it is. Oh, most of them won't won't be up front and tell you the truth. They, they won't be up front. They're not going to tell you the truth. But, but the truth is they finally got the house they wanted, but they can't sleep in it. Oh, finally got plenty of money in the bank, but they found out the money won't buy happiness. Yeah. Finally, finally got their piece of the pie, but they lost their appetite. Y'all ain't hearing me. Paul, Paul says, here is my chance to fill in the gap. Here is my chance to lead idol worshipers to a place of decision. Here's my chance to tell them who the unknown God. Y'all ain't hearing me. Here's my chance to introduce them to a true and a living God. Tells them in verse 23, you go through the motions and worship this unknown God in ignorance. But I know him. Y'all ain't hearing me. I know him. And I've come here to tell you about this unknown God. Look at verse 20, 30, 24. He starts preaching. And he starts off with the doctrine of God. Look at 24. He doesn't try to prove, he doesn't attempt to prove God's existence. He just states that, 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 that the Lord, he, that he is the Lord of heaven and earth. He ain't debating. He's just telling them what he knows. He, he is the Lord of heaven and of earth. You see, Hebrew 11 and 6 lets us know that the first step in getting to know God is to believe that he is. Yeah, it's that right there in the book. To believe that he is. And the key is, it takes faith to believe that he is. Y'all ain't hearing me. Let me just read it out of the book. Let me read it out of the book. Without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Is that in your book? At the same time, verse 24, he's touching on the doctrine of creation. All of this is in one sermon. He starts touching on the doctrine of creation. Listen to what he says in verse 24. He made the world and the things therein. Are y'all hearing this? And since he is God of both heaven and earth, 
the thing that he's teaching right now, since he's, he's God of heaven and earth, he is not confined to your little temple over there. Y'all ain't hearing me. Since he is God of heaven and earth, he is not confined to your little temple. You can't set him up over there in that little place and say, this is God's house. Now, in other words, he's saying there ain't no such thing as Holy Ghost headquarters. Y'all ain't hearing me. There is no Holy Ghost headquarters. You can't tie him up. God is too big to be tied up right here in Salem Church only. He's too big for somebody to claim that only they have him. He cannot be contained. And he's telling them the God I'm talking about can't be contained in those little statues you got sitting around. Then he moves on to verse 26. It talks about and gives another doctrine. It talks about the creation of man. He said, he hath made of one blood all nations. Y'all hear me? Now, I had to say that. And the reason why he had to say that is because Athenians believe that they were created from the soil of their homeland. And they felt like because of that, they were superior to other people. Are y'all hearing this? But Paul tells them that we all come from the same blood. We all come from one blood. That blood is Adam. And that every man is made in the image of God and has within him a yearning to know who God is. But look at verse 28. Verse 28. Although we spend our lives seeking God, although we spend all our lives looking, searching, the truth is he's never that far away. Right there in the text, right there in the scriptures, he says, in that verse, he says, he's never that far away because it is in him that we live, that we move, and that we have our being. So, if we're his offspring, then we have to stop seeing the, yeah, the Godhead. If we, if, he, if we are his offspring, then we have to stop seeing the Godhead as silver. We've got to stop seeing God as gold and stone uh, that, that somebody shaped out of some kind of an idol. In other words, Paul's message to them is that God makes men. Men don't make gods. Are y'all hearing me? God makes men. Men don't make gods. How can I put my trust in something that I can shake with my own hands? Are y'all hearing me? How can I put my trust in a God that I, I got to set him up on a ship? How can I put my trust in a God that I got to take him down and dust him off and clean him every once in a while? How can I put my trust? No, I need a God who can mold and make me. I need a God who can pick me up when I fall. I need a God who can clean me up. What can wash? Who 
away my sin. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. And then Paul, in verse 30, makes a strange statement. But it's a statement that speaks to God's grace and mercy. He said, in time of this ignorance, while we were running around ignorant, just worshiping anything like that, he says, in the time of ignorance, God winked at it. <laughs> it's in the Bible. It's right there. It says, in times of ignorance, God winked at it. He's talking about man's attempt to, to, to find God. And yeah, he, he's talking about man's attempt to create his own God. Paul said there was a time when God saw that and just winked at it. <laughs> Ever had anybody wink that? Let me see. We grew up, our school was sort of across the street, old beat up building. It wasn't a one room schoolhouse, it was a four room, four room schoolhouse. And the word was that that Northwestern school was haunted. <laughs> And so all we wanted to do at Northwestern was just go to school and leave. <laughs> we didn't want to be around the building. We didn't want to walk by the building. We just went and got what we had and lived. One, one, one day, some, some of us, little thugs, <laughs> we, we were walking and, you know, that you could walk around Northwestern or you could take a shortcut through Northwestern property. And we were all together feeling ourselves. So we decided today we're going to walk through Northwestern property. So as we walked through the old pathway coming through the old schoolhouse, there was a man in the community that had recently died. His name was Mr. Morgan. And everybody knew Mr. Morgan. He ran a store. But uh, we going through Northwestern Yard, about dusk dark, going through Northwestern Yard, and all at once somebody yelled out, look, there's Mr. Morgan. <laughs> you know the rest of the story. We, we ran over each other. We... All of us running, try ripping and running this every way. We finally got to the house. And when me and my brothers, we got to the house, we were out of breath. We were out of breath. Mama and daddy sitting on the porch. Daddy just got off from work. Mama sitting there with him, ran in the yard. said, Mama, we saw Mr. Morgan. <laughs> daddy looked at Mama and winked. Y'all hear me? He, he didn't chastise us right then. He, he didn't have nothing. He just winked. Yeah, and the reason why he winked, it was an expression that they actually thought that's what they saw. 
They, 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 Morgan is gone and Morgan ain't ever coming back. But somehow in their mind, they thought, y'all ain't hearing me. They thought that they were right. God knew when men were trying to shape their own little gods. He knew that when they were trying to establish their own little gods, he knew that man was trying to satisfy a need. He knew that there was something inside of them like Mahalia Jackson used to saying, somebody is bigger than you and I. He knew that they were searching. They were trying to find something that was bigger. They knew that there had to be something bigger. So yet rather than to chastise them, he winked at it for a season. It's in the Bible. For a season, he would wink at that kind of stuff. There was a time when God winked at us in our ignorance. But keep reading the verse 30. Verse 30 says, but the time has come now for men to repent. <laughs> Y'all ain't hearing me. Can't be a fool all your life. Time comes for man to repent. Get it now. Paul has shared the doctrine of God. He shared the doctrine of creation. He shared the doctrine of man. And now, yeah, he is at the doctrine of repentance. He's at a doctrine that says, yes, I know what you've been doing. I know what you've been worshiping. But it's time to change your mind. It's time to change your mind. And it's time to turn this thing around. But now, as Paul closes his sermon. He tells them that while God has overlooked their ignorance, while he's overlooked it in the past, the time now has come for us all to repent. The time has come now for us all to change our minds because now God has set a time. Are y'all hearing me? The divine plan of redemption now has been set. God ain't weakened no more because he's already put in place a plan to redeem man. Right out of the book, God has sent his only begotten son. Are y'all hearing me? And that son has conquered sin and death. Are y'all hearing me? Paul, yes, uh, now is coming down to the close of his sermon. Are y'all hearing me? And I just love the way he closes his sermon. Uh, Sounds like it might have been a Baptist preacher. <laughs> He's coming down to the end of his sermon and he says, let me tell you how this goes down. He says they took the son of a living God. They put a cross on his shoulder and he never said a mumbling word. He kept on telling the story that uh, he went around doing good healing the sick and raising the dead 
never did anybody any harm. Listen at Paul telling the story. Then he came down to the close and he said, but uh, he picked up my cross, put it on his shoulder, never said a mumbling word. Then I can hear Paul saying, uh, it was there on the cross uh, that he died, he died, he died until the sun refused to shine. He died until the moon dripped away in blood. He died until the earth began to reel and rock. Yeah, like a drunken man, he died on the old rugged cross. He tells the whole story of how Joseph begged his body yeah, and laid it in the tomb. Are y'all hearing me? But then I can hear Paul closing, yeah, saying, but early, 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 Sunday morning, he got up, he got up, yeah, with all power in his hand, yeah. But wait a minute, yeah, it's not over quite yet, yeah. Paul has just preached uh, a gospel message, yeah. He's talked about the death, yeah, the burial, uh, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Uh, he's got one more thing uh, that he's got to do. Uh, now I got to give y'all uh, a chance uh, to respond uh, to what I just said. Are y'all hearing me? Paul opened the doors yeah, of the church yeah, to give folk yeah, a chance to respond. Yeah. Verse 32 said uh, that some of them yeah, just mocked everything uh, that he said. There were some of them uh, who laughed at what Paul said. There were some others uh, who just said, well, I'll just wait yeah, and I'll come the next time. Yeah. I'll just wait uh, and I'll accept him the next time. But thank God for the third crowd. It said that there was some who believed. Y'all ain't hearing me. There are some who believed. And my brothers and my sisters, that's why I keep on doing what I'm doing. That's why I keep telling the old, old story of Jesus and Yes, I know there are some who walk away from here and say all of that yeah, is just foolishness. Yeah. There are some who will say, I'll wait until I come next Sunday. Yeah. But thank God there are always some that say, here I am, here I am. Yes, I believe. I believe that's why I gotta keep on telling the story. That's why I gotta keep on lifting them up. Songwriting that said it like this. How do you reach the masses? Men of every bird for an answer. Jesus, he gave the key. He said, if I, oh, if I, if I 
me Yes, yes Lift him up, lift him up Till he speaks from eternity And I, oh, if I be lifted up from the earth I'll draw, I'll draw Yes, I'll draw all men unto me we've got to make him known we've got to make him known it's our job to tell a dying world who he is it's our job to spread this message again I said in the beginning if you don't know him you can't introduce him but if you know him, you have an obligation to tell a dying world about Jesus. Uh, to reach the masses, mm -hmm. men. Of every birth for an answer, Jesus, He gave the key. He said, If I, if I. Be lifted up from this earth. I'm strong. Yeah, yes. Oh, man. Unto me. How do you do it? How do you do it? Lift him up. Bye. Living as a Christian home, let the world in you the Savior see. Then, men. <laughs> Follow him who wants to I'll draw. Yeah, yeah. Oh, man. Unto me. So what's your job? What's your job? Lift him up. Lift him up.
to give opportunity for somebody to say, I yield. I yield. I, I believe that. And I want to walk with Jesus. So now is the opportunity. If you are unsaved, you ought to be moving right now. If you're unsaved, if you are saved already and don't have a church home, you need a church home. Now is the time. Now is the time for you to be moving. Amen, amen. Somebody ought to be moving. Somebody ought to be moving. Jesus, 
Jesus, keep me. Jesus, keep me near the cross. There, a precious fountain. It's invitation time now. It's invitation time now. And now's that opportunity. If you don't have a church home, you need one. You need to be moving right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You need to accept him as Lord and Savior. Come on today. You need a church home. Come, come now, right now. Jesus, keep me. firm believer in prayer and I believe that your prayer will encourage somebody give somebody the strength that they need standing there now desiring to move but somehow fear has a lock on them and I believe that prayer changes things I, I believe that people of God pray that somebody might be released right now there's a need for you to move. I want you to know that you've got a church praying for you right now. And you can't afford to put this off any longer. You put it off long enough. 
tomorrow is not promised. Now is the time. So while the people pray, you all be moving this way. Come now. I know it's it's time to go home but I want to try to challenge somebody who may be struggling right now the gospel has been preached this morning and when the gospel is preached there's always an invitation I know you sat down but the gospel's invitation is always there a guy by the name of Johnson Oatman wrote this song. I love this song, not because it's old or because it's in the hymn book. But I love this song because Johnson Oatman knew Jesus. Mm-hmm. But he penned the song yeah, near the cross. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but I'm, I'm telling you, there's something he knew about that near the cross won't save you. Mm-hmm. When he got to the chorus, he said, you got to get in the cross yeah 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 and i'm trying to help somebody right now you you gotta get in the cross you just can't be near you can't just come to church you can't just know folk that go to church but you yourself you got to get in the cross because in the cross is your glory forever yeah 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 so the invitation is still there i know you sat down but come on come on come on if you will just lift up that chorus with me just one more time and say it with all your might Amen, amen. Beyond the river, 
somebody give God praise. Oh, yes. Give God praise. Oh, yes. Give God praise. Give God praise because in Him we live, we move, and we have our being. God got us up. God allows us to move and God allows us to be. All right, all right. Yeah, Just a few, yeah, yeah. A few notes uh, on the 4th of February. Uh, there will be a men's fellowship breakfast at four, at 9 a.m. rather at Heritage Hall. Um, if I'm not mistaken, that's next Saturday, yeah, 4th of February. Uh, we want to thank God um, for... Um, where worship and ministry come together. That we love to come together for worship, and this is a place for worship. But also, this is a place for ministry. If you will, praise God, because yesterday, Salem Church fed over 300 families. <laughs> amen, amen. The ministry has to meet the place of worship. Amen, and thank God for ministry. We want to ask all of us, all of us in here and all of us, all of you who are with us globally to pray for our local church family. Um, the, the hand of death has, has really mocked us in this season. But we're still faithful and we're still um, hopeful that God is a good God. So uh, we're going to be uh, having funeral services uh, next uh, Saturday the 4th at 11 a.m. Uh, for Reverend Patricia Whitley who has gone home to be with the Lord, that, that service will be at New Mercy's Church. Also, our brother James Love, his funeral will be next Saturday at 1 p.m. Uh, we want to express our deepest sympathy for uh, the passing uh, for the family of Sister Marie Warren, who has gone home to be with the Lord. Also, our own brother Adrian Cawthon, his father has gone on to be with the Lord uh, last Tuesday night. And also to express the uh, sympathy with our own family members, uh, Reverend Anita Shankle, in the passing of her husband, Louis Shankle. Amen. So if you will just pray for everyone who has been affected by death and everyone who's dealing with sickness in our family. God is still good and he's still on the throne. And the good news about dying, if you die in the Lord, the Bible declares that to be absent from the body is to be present with the very Lord of God. That means you move from living to glory. Is there anybody here that can thank God death ain't got rule over us? For when he died, he conquered death and he conquered the grave. And I just declare to somebody, you ought to thank God and get on your feet. I might die, but death ain't going to get me because I believe in somebody who conquered the death and the grave.
Thank God for all of you. Thank God for continually your giving, both those in the sanctuary and those globally. We thank God for your giving. We do not count it robbery that you continue to give to the local church so we can bless the kingdom of God and this world. Uh, as you leave out, uh, wherever your exit may be, we just ask you to leave out in fellowship on the outside to remain safe. Just want to give God praise for all of you. Thank God for these young adult people that let me sing with them. Amen. Amen. I've been, I've been asking them for over a year, and they finally said, yeah, brother, you can come on. You'll be all right. Amen. I want to thank them for letting me sing with them this morning. God is good, and his mercy endureth. Pastor Angel. I, I just want to reiterate the men's breakfast next week. I want all the men, uh, every man in this church, I want you to show up. I understand we've got some guests from other churches. Men who are going to be joining us, bring your sons, bring your grandson. This is just going to be a grand occasion. Uh, it's been a while since we've been able to be together, so I want us all just to come together in fellowship and just have a wonderful time together next week. Uh, you haven't had fun. You haven't had a good time until you've been around a bunch of Salem men. <laughs> you don't know what a good time is. <laughs> Amen. So you just need to be here to be in the midst of this fellowship. We're looking for all of you, every man, every man, every uh, bring your sons, grandsons, everybody uh, on, on next Saturday morning. Uh, I do want to introduce you. I had the opportunity a couple of weeks ago to go to the great big city of Denmark, South Carolina. <laughs> had a personal tour of Denmark, South Carolina. I went to Voorhees University where our own uh, brother Xavier is, is running things over there. He's really running things over there. <laughs> uh, but I had the opportunity to, to, to go to lunch with him and two of his buddies and I, I felt like a teenager for a little while. <laughs> It didn't last long, but I felt like a teenager. Amen. Oh, y'all just stand up over there. We've got some fine young men. Amen. Amen. We're just happy. So good to see y'all. God bless you. Amen. 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 If everybody stand to your feet, God be with you till we meet again. God, God be with you, may God, may he be with you, may God, God be with you until we Him who is able.
to keep us from stumbling and able to present us blameless before his glory with exceeding joy. To the only wise God be glory, be majesty, be dominion and authority. And may it be henceforth now and forevermore. And the people of God say it. several ways to submit your tithe and offering. Online at www.thechurchwithzeal.org slash give. On Cash App at dollar sign the church with zeal. Via the Givelify app. By mail to Salem Missionary Baptist Church, P.O. Box 817, Lilburn, Georgia 30048 or in person at the church office on Tuesday, Wednesday, or Thursday from 10 a.m. until 2 p.m. It's not necessary to wait until Sunday to give. Online, Givelify, Cash App, or mail-in contributions may be submitted on any day of the week. Thank you for your continued support of the ministry at Salem Missionary Baptist Church.